Pop a Hawks, show about hot takes and hot tasty pancakes. We're we're diving into Denny's history, talking about a movie called On Sunday. This is your first Very time nice. to the show. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. You're so kind. If this is your first time to the show, welcome to Papaholics. I'm your host, Christian, and uh, I'm joined by probably my best friend. Brian Dupree. How's it going, everyone? We are unfortunately still missing Chris today, but he'll be back soon, thankfully. A, a friend that I could only describe as uneventful. Like <sighs> So false. So false. <laughs> of course we miss Chris, but he's he's moving now. He's got a lot going on. I mean, not as much as me, but he's got some stuff going on, you know. He didn't just drop a single that I'm hoping everybody checks out. Not so serious, man. Midnight satire. You know, he does not deal with a, you know, shameless, almost having a child, but he is moving into a nice big house. So we should all feel bad about it for him. I am feeling great. I'm definitely going to be crashing in one of those extra rooms at some point uh, very soon. Oh, I'm going to try to live there. Yeah, I'm moving in. He doesn't know that yet. Don't you're not supposed to tell him he's going to hear this. Oh, yeah, that's right. We should just show up. Uh, anyway, I don't know how to transition out of that. Uh, what have you landed on? You probably clicked on it because it said Ensemble, and you're like, has anybody talked about this movie? And we are going to. So that that's that's part of the show. But if this is your first time at Popaholics, uh, Brian, why don't you tell people how we do things around here? Do things a bit differently around here. <laughs> so, uh, we, you know, we try so to be on bad. the pulse, right? Dune was released on HBO Max and in theaters, and it was all the talk of the town. People talking about Dune. We were excited about it, but we wanted to dive deeper into the filmmaker behind Dune, Danny Villeneuve. And so we have watched Arrival, we have watched Dune, and we've watched Blade Runner 2049. And now we're peeking back into 2010. And what film are we diving into? Oh, it is on other than 2010's Ensemble. Mama. Mama. Ouverture du testament devant ses deux enfants. Jeanne, cette enveloppe est destinée à votre père. Retrouve-le et remets-lui cette enveloppe. Simon, cette enveloppe est destinée à votre frère. Retrouve-le et remets-lui cette enveloppe. Tu viens d'apprendre que ton père est vivant et que tu as un autre frère. Tu dois savoir, sinon ton esprit ne sera jamais en paix. That is from the trailer of Incendie. And the first thought you might have is, that ain't English. No, we are covering a, uh, a technically a foreign film. French-Canadian from the Quebec, you know, film scene. And it's directed by Danny Villeneuve, written by Danny Villeneuve and Valérie Balgrand-Champagne. And is based on the play by Waji Moaud, a score by Gregory Hetzel. It had a budget of $6.5 million, $6.5 million, I'd say, well spent, and it grossed $16 million, and it stars uh, a bunch of people that you've never heard of, but are great nonetheless. Lubna uh, Azabel, I try not to mess these up. Some of these are French, some of these are uh, Middle Eastern, so I'll do my best. Uh, Melissa Desormois, Pauline, Maxime Godet, Remy Gerard. Abdel Gafour Alaziz, Nabil Sawala, and Bea Balai. And what are we going to be talking about today? Well, overall non-spoiler thoughts, 
on Incendie and our favorite, most impactful moments. What is this film trying to say? And then our final thoughts. And we're going to wrap up the Danny Villa November. Yeah, so, I was with the fa- I know we usually go favorite moments with this sort of movie. I feel like favorite moments isn't exactly the way to talk about it, maybe. And we'll get into not. why that is later. But yeah, probably not. You know, I'm I thought I think it's interesting because when you think of Danny Villeneuve, you quickly realize he's French. He speaks French, right? Danny Villeneuve. And then you realize he's French Canadian. That's another wrinkle. It's so like, oh, different type of French. Uh, and then you start to like really get to know the guy, which is really interesting stuff we'll dive into later as we wrap up the month. But what a fascinating uh, director and uh, a really great month. And and kind of the death, I say this often, and I don't want to be a broken record, but this kind of month is like, oh, this is why we do this podcast. This is why we get together to do this because it's just a fun thing to explore. And as this movie is very powerful and not what I'd quote unquote say fun, but wonderful right. revelation and reminder to explore Although he has been assigned very big blockbustery sci-fi things, there's a reason he's earned the right to get all these millions of dollars to do this because of films like this. So it's 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 very interesting. I'm very excited to dive into this film uh, because I think there's a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's let's start with overall non-spoiler thoughts. Brian, what did you think of On Sunday? This movie is devastating and beautiful. Um, in in nearly uh, well, the beauty comes through at the end, but just a, a truly tragic story that is ridiculously emotionally effective. Um, it's it's really interesting coming back to this after having only seen his later work, and the movie is very well directed, but I wouldn't classify it as showy at all and I've come to think of him as someone who just does these giant things and there's a bit of that the movie starts with a beautiful landscape and an incredible Radiohead song You and Who's Army and at this point I was like alright Denny you've hooked me I'm in for whatever well, it was, you're, it was you're that gonna moment give me too, where that kicks in and you'd go you just say to yourself oh I'd be friends with this person which is totally yes. different than I respect your art because I, I think it goes hand in hand with this type of confidence that he's displaying but you just get that and you're like oh sh- you're from my generation <laughs> you know, it's just i see you i see yeah, you. i see <laughs> you and i also like radiohead we should talk about them for a while denny oh it's so good oh i oh, one note on that because there is radiohead throughout there's two radiohead songs one that one that repeats uh because it's radiohead he had to get permission so he had to send them a cut of the film so this was i thought for a second i i cynically thought that Radiohead had a choice, uh, didn't have a choice in the matter. Because historically, a lot of these older songs are actually under the jurisdiction of EMI Records, which is huge multi-conglomerate okay. record. But apparently Radiohead did, did uh, has sync rights for, for, this, for this song and others. So they did have to give their blessing, and they did. No, and it's interesting because there are, they are both off the same project, Amnesiac, which may tie into maybe that record or... Um, records around then are mm-hmm. uh, have these specific deals but yeah um what he does incredibly well is establish a sense of place and a location that feels lived in even though for various reasons we really don't know exactly where we are throughout the course of this movie but it still feels like a a, a real place that clearly is relatable to real life events sometimes more explicitly um than others the exploration of not knowing, being detached as um, someone who's uh, 
children of immigrants, right? Being kind of separated and detached from your parents' former lives and the culture that they left behind. This takes it to a insane degree, obviously, but it really at its most basic is kind of these twins learning about their mother's past. Um, um, for, for better and for worse, and the discoveries that, that come with that. And there's always going to be um, tricky things in terms of realizing your parent was a fully-fledged person with motivations and desires prior to having you as children, and obviously discovering why she was or wasn't a good mother throughout the course uh, of this movie and what drove her to be a bit distant from them as her children. Um, the way it deals with family trauma and its impact on the relationships, like I said, the movie, even though um, there's a there's a kind of reveal that happens in this movie in the third act, uh, I kind of saw it coming, um, even if our characters weren't fully there yet. But even with that said, when our characters got there, the movie just broke me emotionally, like full belly sobs, and it's tragic and tragically beautiful. And um, a reminder of humanity and how, if or how someone can maintain that throughout um, the most heinous tragedies, you know. And I think there's something really hopeful in it, even though it is this tragic, tragic movie. Um, I could go on for for so long, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go now, Christian, because uh, I, I think I'm rambling a little bit. <laughs> I think this film takes a second to get started. I think. I'm so grateful for that Radiohead beginning because that that gives you trust that there's going to be emotion and there's going to be insight. The movie, I will, yeah, go ahead. The movie starts and because it trusts you so much, it takes a second to get going. Of which you're like, okay, what's happening? I'm not sure. There's an elongated scene between the twins that definitely is going to play a lot better on rewatch. Uh, that that you're just not quite connecting with. And I'm, I'm sure there's a variety of reasons for that. But there was a level of, okay, I'm, I'm, I think it asked the viewer to just pay attention, which is important because I, I do think there's a lot of, there's a lot of breadcrumbing and not a lot of over explaining, especially since this isn't right. based on any specific historic event uh, as it's portrayed in the film. Because as I understand the original right playwright, um, it is based on the Lebanese civil war. Uh, during the 70s. Right, so, heavily, heavily based on that and uh, one woman's um, uh, story in particular who was jailed for 10 years throughout the course of this this war. Yeah, Right, and from my understanding, Wajid uh, was like, don't even try because you're not going to make anybody happy. Good luck. <laughs> you know, because De- Denny saw the play and was like, I'm going to try to make a movie of this. And I think smartly so, I think to the point of the film, for what the film's going for, it's a lot about the cycle of violence. It's a lot about f- family and, and 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 trying to reach an understanding and in the core uh, to what they they often say. Danny Villeneuve says, "Oh, it's like a Greek tragedy," you know. And and right. but it's but it's a much more modern Greek tragedy in the context of po- socio political strife. But what's so intelligent about it is that it. And it often fights against this. It's trying to fight against us just taking a side on something because we really just don't know who's what. I, I think there's certain things that we'll talk in, in spoilers yeah, to about. to points where you and I had just had a discussion before this where I – you thought I was joking, but I was literally trying to clarify who's 
like characters' backgrounds that are kind of left relatively ambiguous, and I think it's done on purpose. But yes, continue, Christian. Which is another point to why I think people, even before he got assigned to uh, Arrival or Blade Runner, which were his like sci-fi movies that he was going to do, were saying, yeah. "Oh, you should be a sci-fi," because because he was able to make it vague enough that it was that it didn't. And I think it's to the point of what sci-fi does really well, and it's interesting to see him act outside of sci-fi, which is to separate. We talked about this in our Dune review of trying to separate these these other political things that keep us away from actually focusing on the characters. And something I've seen time and time again is that he's really good at making big environments, big worlds with intimate characters which is yeah so hard to do and i think he does that really well i do think watching it i was frustrated because i was like i don't know where duresh is you know constantly <laughs> coming up and going i'm not sure and i was like is this because probably like you halfway through it there's a sign on the door and i think it's the name of a newspaper that says i or one palestine and so I said, oh, it's taking place in Israel, you know? And so I in- immediately was thinking that it was based in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And then to finish the film and find out that the original story is based on the Lebanese conflict, I was and like... They say things like the South as well that yeah. are very, um, like, ambiguous. But yeah, it's I, I did catch that, and it made me question further where we were uh, when, I th- when I saw that sign. I think... And I don't think it's a spoiler to say, like, know that going in, that there's nothing specific. But I do find it interesting. The the most interesting thing I can say about the film, other than, like you said, beautifully shot, there's that patience. There's just nature that Danny Villeneuve can, like, find cinematography in and and add an embellishment. I think to to one scene, again, not spoiler, but there's a car and it's kind of a desert environment. And we wait, and there's this, right before a character gets out of a car, there's this sand that kicks up, and they add a very, very strong sand whoosh sound that definitely was post-effects, but because it's just the nature that they captured and they focused on it, there's just genius in making the world feel so alive, little touches like that, that the the sense of being is is, is always in his films, and I, I just really appreciate that, but yet we're always isolated down to the character, but... What I found throughout the thing was, and may, I don't know if this is a point to the film, but I found myself like arguing with myself over trying to understand what this, who characters were in the real world so I could have an opinion about it. And I think that's the genius of the film that uh. it's outside of it because you're fighting against like, should I empathize with this character? Should I not? And so much of the film is about, despite the most brutal, awful things happening, there's this level of humanity we can strip down. And I appreciate the film for that. And I think it was the smart move not to make it about anything specific so that we go back into a history book and go like, well, actually, you know, yeah, she was, you know, that she was on the side. That was all blah, blah, blah. And, yep. and you know, all this yep. other stuff, because it's not about that. You know, it's it's not right. about war. It's not about the pol- po- politic. It's about how as humans can we move forward. And, and, and then for that, it makes it very special. And although be clearly based on a real conflict, um, it's just a very emotional, heartfelt story that is that is core to the characters. As as horrible as a lot of the things are, it ends up being horrifying as well as being very hopeful, which is not easy to do. <laughs> of yeah, like horrible, sure. but but I am filled with hope. So what? Sorry, that's a card trick. Not easy to do. 
It's yeah, it's a, a magician at work. I think um, to your point about the movie taking time to start, I think it might be a little long. I, I think it could have shaved ten minutes off and and not been the worst for it. Um, but like like I said, um, emotionally, it's it's so effective. And to your point about the level of nuance that it's able to bring to I text you this is a difficult movie because it undeniably is not only in like you said just understanding uh people's pasts that aren't laid out super clearly but also the the inherent political baggage that comes with a story like this that's so clearly influenced um by real world world events and yeah I think it's handled masterfully and it's I mean it kind of speaks to the, I think unintentionally, I don't think this is an intentional thing. I think it's a byproduct of making smart decisions, making the film that you're set out to make, telling the story you're trying to tell and it just being a byproduct. But it, it has, because it takes place in the middle East, it can stand for so much of like, despite all the horrible baggage that is in the past, that is in the bones of this place because it is like the birthplace of civilization you know things like unconditional love and forgiveness or or however you look at it can prevail and that it, it despite all the horrific things like I, I don't think it shy, it certainly doesn't shy away of the horrors of the past of the baggage so so masterfully done but yet have this hopeful tale and you you don't have to come away going but it was kind of on this side of history cuz it really is amorphous to to certain aspects. I think they make certain decisions that add a layer uh, to it, but I think the film overall is just such an inch... It's so... I think it made me think of things like The Hurt Locker, uh, who I believe the casting director for The Hurt Locker was the same casting director on this film, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay. And, and, and other films like Zero Dark Thirty and all this other stuff. And part of the problem with those is they have so much perspective that is that is its baggage that you take watching it. Yeah where this is able to just sheathe it and shout out to Danny Villadeo for this being his what third film or whatever. And he puts a female at the, at the forefront in such a meaningful way. When I talk about, you know, we, we talk a lot of superhero on this, on this podcast cause it's what's popular and we got to get them clicks, whatever they're fun films, whatever. It's wow. fine. I'm not bitter about it. I liked, listen, I like those movies too. It was his on Sunday is his fourth feature. Fourth feature. Man at work, I, I think to uh, not Wonder Woman. What's the Marvel Wonder Woman? Woman Miss Marvel, Captain, Captain Marvel. Captain, jeez, Captain. <laughs> there is a Miss Marvel as well. So, and you know that that film got a lot of hate for 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 whatever reason, and and some people were like, "Well, you just don't like ladies." And I'm like, no, that's a movie that's like, we have a girl. She's a girl. Do you remember? She's a she's a woman. <laughs> you know, and that feels cheap. That feels like, we're, no, we're progress. We're, we're making a film about a movie where this genuinely is like, let's tell the story about what it's like to be a a woman in this type of context, and show strength as a woman in the face of all the shit that a woman has to endure, and that's real. And it feels, it feels like it's from a woman's perspective. And it feels like it doesn't shy away from the shitty things, especially in war, that you have to face as a woman. And it feels so authentic to that story. And, like, this is how, the, this is how I know the Oscars are bullshit. Like, 100%. Because 
Lubna Azabal, if I'm not saying that uh, incorrectly, I'm so sorry. Lubna Azabal uh, gives an Oscar-worthy performance. She is absolutely incredible. Did she win an Oscar? I'm I'm trying to look it up. I <laughs> this would be the ultimate own. Is if oh, oh no they she okay Oscars are validated because I think it was nominated. Um, but did her performance get nominated? Oh, and I've uh, I don't think I don't think her performance got nominated. Which yeah, is like just got best foreign language film. I'm sorry. Uh, what, uh, if I look at the 2010 lineup, um, we, we'd have to we'd have to go back in the history books. But to not be but, oh yeah, it, it couldn't have been nominated because it's foreign film. Yeah, fuck the Oscars. Um, <laughs> because this is like but her performance is is incredible. I, I definitely agree with you. I put it. I I put it. I put it up there with one of the best, one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. I won't even equivocate it with like by a woman because it's just an amazing performance. It, it's so it's it, it's it's breath it's captivating. She's on fire every scene. It's she's having to do the most difficult role this is this is this is an actor's dream and worst nightmare and she's so good in it uh i love her performance i think she's amazing I, i'm just i'm, I'm in awe of, of what she's doing on, on screen and an actual to, to summate the point i'm making this is this is a this is a woman's movie for, for this character right this is a, a story that is about a woman that isn't celebrating that it, it it's like we made a movie about a woman it's like i care about this person's journey this person's journey matters uh and i, I love it for that oh 100 percent. and the two you know the main characters really are the mother and the daughter right so we get the multi-generational aspect um and the son you know he does get his role but he's kind of out of it for a good deal and he has to grow which I think like he has to grow like, he has to <laughs> he wasn't ready for it yeah no exactly yeah and it all feeds into yeah I'm getting chills now. Well, the son. I mean, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. But there, there yeah, is a no. lot about the boys having to grow up, and for, you know, there is like it, it plays in those dynamics really well. It's yeah, really good. It rivals Arrival as my favorite. I would I put Arrival in this up there. Probably Arrival a little bit more just because the polish I think is there, and it's just a little bit. Right. It's a little tighter of a film. Uh, but certainly don't sleep on this. If I have final thoughts, I'll, I'll let you share some final thoughts before spoilers. But I mean, this is, I mean, it's great. I mean, you have to get over, I would say, give it 45 minutes before you, you know, you decide it's not one of those 20 minutes and you're hooked. It, it does take a second yeah. uh, to not only get over like language barrier if you're not used to just watching foreign films, but also just plot pace. But I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, looking back, the beginning is perfect for what the movie is as a whole. I just think that it definitely doesn't try to, um, other than the opening shot, which is very invo- like evocative, which is very smart for keeping my dumb attention. <laughs> I don't think the movie after that point is is cares if uh, you are like this isn't thrilling enough, <laughs> you know? Right. I yeah. think honestly, because it's really not that long of a movie. Um, it does. I will say, just on final thoughts, it has a lot of title cards maybe like 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of like this reminder that like, oh, we got more of the movie. Oh, we got more of the movie. Mm-hmm. That kind of made me think about how long it was. Sure. But they were they were definitely short and well-contained. Um, but yeah, with them partially being like made-up names combined with character names, I think that was part of the pacing issue 
for me was maybe sure. the amount of yeah title cards that came up but yeah 100 percent would recommend this movie it's unbelievably moving and heavy so definitely be ready to um not yeah to be uh put through the emotional ringer with this one yeah question how you feel about a lot of things and uh yeah, it's a it's it's as as Danny Villeneuve said in multiple interviews, it is a Greek tragedy, in the most sense, uh, for sure. So let's uh, delay no further. Let's jump right into spoilers with Ensemble. Uh, Do we know it beat it this year for foreign film? Yeah, Academy Award because it. Was a nominee for best foreign film. Was this the artist year? I feel like twenty ten. The secret in their eyes, international feature film. Is that the same as foreign film? Best foreign language film. That's what it was. Yeah, I have to check that out. Maybe a comparison. I just find it hard. Yeah. Find it hard that any film would have beat this. The best best film. The Hurt Locker. Holy shit. It was that year? It was the wow. same year as The Hurt Locker, which is crazy because I think this film's better. I've never than seen Locker. The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker's good. It's not a bad movie, for sure. I think this movie's I think this movie has better performance. Hurt Locker is a little more uh like you could you, I think it's more watchable, certainly for a drama thriller. It's definitely more a more watchable film. It's a it's a little Faster pace. Yeah. I do, I do not think this is as good as on Sunday. I did like the Hurt Locker, but I don't think it holds a candle to but it wasn't. It wouldn't have been against running against that, though. No, because it's foreign films, so you throw right. this okay, other but you're, you're just bucket. comparison. Yeah, yeah, okay. What I'm saying, yeah, what I'm saying is Academy Awards is bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, let, let's get into uh, most uh, impactful mo- Before we get to most impactful moments, uh, let's just talk themes. Classic Christian curveball. Well, I just want to talk about uh, talk about themes with this one and and, and really focus on uh, what you took away from the film, because I I do think there's a lot going on as far as what it's saying about humanity and people as a whole. So you're going to do this and not let me prepare for it. This this is classic. This is classic. No, No, I mean, you, um, you can give you can give what your takeaways are generally. No, yeah. Um, so in terms of what I take away from it about humanity. So um, we, we talked about, I texted you half hour ago or whatever, um, asking about literally um, basically the religion of our main character, Nawal. And um, I think it's purposefully unclear. Um, she, you could either read it as her being a Christian or a, a Muslim. And she seems to pose as both at different points throughout the course of the movie. Um, And then maybe because of the context that she's in, uh, someone who is is Muslim thinks that she's a Christian and is uh, questioning her loyalty because of that, which is the strongest indicator that she's actually a Christian probably in, in the movie. But I think this is a woman who, um, becomes educated after going through a horrible tragedy, an honor killing, right? Something that a lot of cultures have known and still know to some degree. And 
goes through this insane thing where she has to give up her baby after watching her, uh, presumably someone she loved deeply, be killed by her family. So comes from this horrible past, becomes educated, and becomes politically minded, and has political feelings about certain uh, the way that refugees are being uh, treated. I'm sorry, I'm just walking through the plot of the movie, but yep. it, it's kind of required. I think ultimately what this is doing is showing how it's easy to label someone terrorist and think that you know what that means. But I think what this does is so beautifully is show that all of these people have histories and personal motivations for how they end up getting to violent action. And it's not always as simple as uh, they were – I don't even want to, to say what it's as simple as. But I think there's a way – to think of, oh, this religion is the reason that these people are more prone to violence or that religion is the reason they're more prone to violence. And ultimately, regardless of the religion, if someone is moved to violence, that is just the justification for it yeah. and not the ultimate cause. So I think part of it is that, showing a nuanced take of someone who becomes radicalized and showing that that's still a person and they're more than just a label. Um, and this is, you know, a difficult, a very difficult message, right? Someone but this that is the ultimately- thing that's interesting is that it, 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 it isn't clear in the film, to me at least, at the beginning, what religion her small community is, 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 is from. I think they purposefully don't label it. The word Muslim or Islam is never mentioned. I think Danny Villeneuve, knowing the audience and crafting this, made everything Christian. There really isn't it like because the people that it, what's interesting is the 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 people that are wearing cloaks. They have the the uh, Mary, the Saint Saint Mary Magdalene, wrapped around their AK forty sevens, and right. so he he I think because knowing. He's a Canadian filmmaker about the Middle East. You know, he's speaking from a Christian, um, a more Christian-centric nation, and he he knows the audience is going to be predominantly Christian, probably. So she's Christian, but opposes Christian nationalism, right? So the the movie really just tries to stay away and just speak. It it, it talks about a Christian community, and then uh, a Christian who is against. Uh, an extremist Christian, you know, entity or regime. And it seems like the movie just wants to stay there. <laughs> it's like, let's just pretend it's extreme Christian and uh, practicing Christian faith-wise. Like, the the film seems very uninterested with wanting to get into more. She does seem to join a group that's ant- um, that's against Christians, though, right? But when she even, like, raises her thing, goes, I'm a Christian— the people that are and, and there's a different like we can so this we, is the weird thing yeah go ahead we, we, this we is can, where the movie gets confusing we can assume that the bus that she gets on she puts on the shawl right that's more she, traditionally she puts on her headscarf headscarf because she more, sees that the women are wearing it and seems to be maybe passing for muslim if you're interpreting it this way right it's like right but it doesn't seem to it seems to show like a more maybe contemporary religion versus that, but it seems like all blends True. of Christianity. Like it doesn't. It do- and honestly, there are uh, types of Christianity where women 
at least in in church, I've I've, I've seen people um, yeah. who cover their heads, you know, yeah, yeah. depending on on things as well. So maybe um, this is just a cultural indicator that I don't understand. Well, and know? I mean, if you look, I mean, this is the thing that's again where you get in the weeds, and I don't think that Danny Villeneuve wants to get the weeds on because he just wants to sh- show the humanity behind it all, right? But yeah. it, you know, I grew up very religious, and there's a very popular religious institution called Bob Jones University in the Bob Jones uh, sect of Southern Christianity. And it is it is like all the things that most Americans would be like ah backwards uh you know uh, Islam and and this thing where where women are so protected Bob Jones University in the United States when I was growing up you could not walk on the same sidewalk as women you were never in the same classes as women and you never your dorms were completely separated obviously from women like. They and it was you can't wear skirts this low and you can't wear your shoulders your shirt must be there was all this stuff that was fundamentalism uh, exists very exactly. much in Christianity exactly as well. and, right. and and the film to to that point the film to me was like she was anti extremist uh, like national unity of a religion versus uh, versus uh, just it as a faith and then the politics aside. And it seemed the film was very focused on that. If I could wrap it up at a bow, it did not seem to even try to mix in any other religion. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a, we don't have to. Yeah, I think, I think we can leave it there. That scene uh, was particularly unclear. And in terms of impactful moments, like um, the scene where she's on this bus and they're attacked by um, militants, you know, um, it's absolutely horrifying. You know, we get not only the initial shooting, but then the people who have survived being burned alive, basically. Her, see, I guess, uh, truthfully identifying herself as a Christian, It, like I said, this is where things got confusing because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the group that she ultimately joins, even. Um, reading about the movie afterwards, that was even unclear. Yeah. But yeah, that scene, seeing her try to save the girl, the guy seeing through it and still killing the child, just horrifying. And then leaving us with that stark, her crying on her knees with the bus ablaze behind her. It's just that image is going to stick with me for a long time, you know, um, just insanely powerful stuff. Um, and so much of it, you know, there's violence that you see and it's not a lot of the film, but to one of the things I love is, he's able to capture the emotional impact of everything without having to be super graphic or, you know, get into the minutia and detail. Like what he shows is characters and what they're going through. And I would argue that the, just that you see her reaction to the sound of the gunfire and the child falling. And it's just, it's, and then, then the bus is burning in the wind and this character is just, of course, of course, who cares at that point, right? We're, we're I, I love how the film, I'm kind of bouncing around here, I'm sorry, but the male son, one of the twins, from the get-go, and this is why I say the movie is overall worth it despite its slow ramp up, goes like, my mom was crazy. She was just crazy. You know, she she just rambled. You know, she, I, I'm not going to listen to anything from this woman because she was difficult and all this stuff and in that moment on the bus scene it's you just you just go it's a lack of understanding because that that moment forever changes you 
And and you see that, and you're with it. You're in the wind. And this is after she lost the father. She watched her father of her child be murdered. She lost her first child, had to give it up and never see it again. And then, you know, this is just another child that, that she's lost, you know, and on top of all the people there. So it's just like, right, uh, the son couldn't possibly imagine, yeah. you know. Yeah, I... In, in, in it plays to the fact that we, we are fighting over who's who's what and what's what. And I, again, I think the film is very understood in all that. It is it is just trying to show that pure human emotion uh, throughout. Because I think there are there are some people that would see that scene and be fighting and be like, "That's not real," because of I know the things behind these characters and this, and that makes it not a real moment because because of our baggage, because right. of our roots, and uh, yeah, I. I I don't know. I don't. I don't have words for the the feeling you get at that 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 scene because that is a very pivotal scene, obviously, and very tense. And like what he does well in Sicario, I've mentioned the showdown at the Mexican border. Like he's doing that, but it isn't. And I don't think he's doing it in Sicario for just this reason. But there's this level of he's able to bring tension and mystery and what's going to happen next while at the same time telling an emotional story which is just everything you want in uh in in, in kind of theater entertainment drama no 100 percent. so let's go into those obviously the bus scene is is one of those big impactful moments and it's done really well uh but what are some of our other uh most impactful moments from this film that that really make it shine brian so i really like um the the first scene it kind of just throws us in with these characters well i say first scene the first scene with the twins where they're being read the will um i found myself not really initially emotionally connecting with them Mm. and the mother's perspective was so interesting and mysterious in terms of what is she talking about with all these things and there was a line that really stuck with me she says childhood is like a knife in the throat not easily removed and this idea of the rest of the movie being the loss of innocence about the state of the world and what their mother went through and everything uh, was just a really poignant uh, line to start off that you know stuck with me throughout the rest of the movie. Um, the in terms of very difficult to watch but extremely um, visceral, the attempted self-abortion when she's in jail mm. punching her stomach, you know, you just squirm. Like I'm squirming right now, just even even thinking about it. But just insanely um, emotionally wrought and and difficult um, to imagine that kind of thing, and you know, being put in that situation. Um, so, yeah, um, just insanely difficult there. Um, ultimately, like the the wrap up of the movie. Um, so we, and it's maybe. I don't even want to say underdeveloped because I liked how it played out. But um, Jean is a mathematician, um, a pure mathematician of some sort. We get these really cool discussions early on uh, of what she studies and the sort of science that she's involved in. Well, mathematics specifically that she's involved with. And something called the Colatz conjecture is is mentioned, which I'm going to be honest. I looked this thing up and I'm still not certain uh, what the, it is it's the one math problem that you can't like logically explain right it's 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 something where yeah given certain variables you always end up 
with one. Everything always comes back to one ultimately. So I I was able to understand that and it gets brought back when Simon, the son, is asking his sister, can one plus one be one? When he's having the realization about the father and the brother being the same person. Mm. All right, I'm not gonna get emotional. Um, (laughs) But it was just insane. He's saying it over and over and he's realizing it himself. And Jean, once it clicks for her, the the truth of what he's saying just breaks down entirely and, and falls against him. And it's so difficult, you know, and like I said, I already kind of knew this reveal, but the characters, I'm so with them at this point, and we obviously get the voiceover of the letters that the mother is reading, and it just destroyed me, you know, it's this kind of thing that you can't even put words to, but like like we talked about, this, the idea that someone can still have and show unconditional love to people after they've been through um, the most atrocious things is just something that is, you know, inspiring and hopeful and something that um, I sorely need more of (laughs) given the state of the world sometimes, you know, even though this hits me so powerfully um, in terms of, you know, making me cry. um, It's just amazing to be reminded of the humanity of others. And um, ultimately, yeah, I think that's why it's, it's so good. Well, and it's that moment of shock, right? Because she, the the mother character, hit that breaking point, right? That that point yeah. where it just clicked and it was like the horror of everything. And the whole movie is our characters solving a mystery to reach that same empathetic point of of the mother character. Like they hit that same breaking point where that's like the only thing broke her. But even in the end... She had that perspective. Um, I think the movie does this, leads up to this point, because it is kind of this crescendo of the reveal that in the wrong hands is just, it's just like, oh, that's weird in a modern context. You just say that's, that's strange. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's weird. And I think a few things do this uh, really well. And it's just very basic use of cinema, but it's the confidence that they, they're, Hey, this is a tried and true method. You know what? It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Brian <laughs> is, uh, the three dots on the ankle is something that carries through as we can track the purpose, the thing that, that our main character, one of our main characters is seeking out. Right. And that connects the, connects the dots, so to speak, the dots on the foot. Oh my God. Throughout. Thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> That's why you come to Papa Alex. Just random acts of, uh, of, of thread in the needle. So the three dots, so simple, but let us feel, oh, that's what we're looking for the whole time. And it, it, it trickles that to us and we're wanting to resolve the mystery and the resolve is, oh, fuck. No, yeah. you don't right. want to believe it. Yeah, you, yeah. In, until you're forced to. Yeah, right? you you really want to figure it out. Like the film just gets ramps up and ramps up. Of oh, I really just want this resonance to to come to a conclusion and resolve. And when it does, you're like, I didn't want that. That's not cool. So that that is a constant thing throughout. What I think is so beautiful because you blink and you miss it is that as it's the, it's the entire structure of the film, which is what Danny Villeneuve is doing very well. You, you had a comment on like his, like, well, he's not writing things, right? 
a lot of the times he's he's doing other people's screenplays. I just I just specify because this month we covered two movies that he didn't have a writing credit on and two movies that he did because in the beginning of his career he was writing most of his stuff and then right. uh, for a period didn't yeah right but just shows you this like understanding of being able to interpret and and just being able to convey whether it's his writing or or not uh, the cinematic language that he has right. just such a keen understanding of and you get this beautiful thing of the way that they've edited the film is just brilliant because it's. It's the, the, for, for a lot of the film, for three fourths of the film, it's the daughter following her mother's footsteps. And in it, you get these small cuts. Uh, there's one in the bus scene when, when, um, uh, what's it, what's her name? Nawal, the, the mother, the, the matriarch of the family, so to speak, is, it falls asleep on a bus and it quickly cuts between her and Jean just on the bus asleep, right? And it's yeah. this like uncovering memories, uncovering these roots and it does it throughout. And I just found that just so fascinating the way it goes back and forth where flashbacks are historically just like a really rough thing to handle where you're like, oh, flat. OK, OK, we've made it blurry and it's black and white. and We're in different right. times now. We have our character rewalking the literal path of the flashbacks that she's seeing. So we have that connection to the the. Uh, present timeline that yeah i totally agree makes the flashbacks work really well in the flashbacks you know are half the movie really intentionally or not works really well in the context of like the middle east because this was filmed a lot in jordan and you know danny villano was able to just show the beauty of this place you know a place we, we we can think of that's just man what a lot of war and civil unrest and just instability that we think of in the modern era and he's able to bring this beauty and this history out through the way he's shooting the film of the and also the fact that like look you can see the layers of civilization on this place you can see this place was built before cars and you know he's able to unravel all this and to have it flashing back and forth as you're leaving the footsteps i mean you go and you look at the the air between uh, uh, you know, the seven, 60s and 70s and the uh, early 2000s. And you're, you just see those bones layered upon each other. And, you know, obviously this is a thing that he's always excelled at is just showing, uh, not telling and, and, and just displaying the beauty of the scene. And it shows that he doesn't need, he doesn't need like special effects to do it. He, he can, he can clearly scope out the scene, give you the beauty and the history without, without much uh, to do about nothing other than patience as a filmmaker, I guess, and just very good collaboration with location scouts. It's all, it's all very well done here. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say the threat of, of interlocking the stories, the narrative, the edit of, of the past and future going forward. And again, yeah. just simple film techniques like the three dots are, are, are really my favorite aspects. I, we've we went through a rival. We had the same problem where I was like, I don't, know what to tell you as far as favorite moments like obviously big reveals and things like that yeah Uh, obviously the letter scene you know but 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 it's it's not just that if it was just the letter scene it would feel trite it would feel empty you know and cheap it's really the connective tissue that that brings it all together no yeah the movie it never even gets close to melodrama right it's just feels so seems like the trap it seems for for so, so many movies do yeah and it at every turn really never gets there. And I think that, yeah, that's the real, the real key. You know, and maybe in some, some future filmmaking endeavor, this is because his style is copied. This is the melodrama, quote unquote. 
so maybe it gets there and we just don't have eyes for how, how, how film and media develops, but sure. certainly, certainly not now. Certainly it all feels very real. And the performance is all around. If I was to say another favorite thing, it's just, I think everybody's doing really good. Si- Simon comes up as a punk ass. and Initially, he's just unlikable. <laughs> yeah. Super. And the film's not afraid <laughs> to do that. But you can understand it, right? He just doesn't have that understanding. And, um, and that's what a lot of the film's about, is just empathy. And, and the film is literally, again, through the edit and through all this, is like walk a mile in their shoes. And... Uh, lastly, lastly, I was like, I'm rambling so much, but you have so much empathy for the child because you, you see how unfair it is and how much the mother just, that's her purpose. She goes into conflict and, and you want her to succeed and find the kid. And we get this early, we get this shot maybe three fourths of the way through where you, where you can attach the child to killing other children and you're just like, oh no. And you feel that disappointment. Like it, it, it's so able to finally walk you through the emotions of, but I wanted you to be great. And now look what's happening. And that's super tricky and very, very well done. Yeah. I think, um, I'll, I'll just end with, there was a couple of lines from, from her letters at the end. Mm-hmm. One of them was to break the chain of anger which mm-hmm. listening to Denny Villeneuve talk about this is very much like you said about cycles of violence and trying to bring that to an end. And um, also nothing means more than being together, which I think in more ways than one really works with the loss of a child, um, you know, completely. And as well as the uh, twins being separated for an extended period while she's on this journey and how, the real realization comes when they're when they're together and they and they get there. Um, I think it just thematically is working on so many levels, and I'm sure on rewatch, even more would become apparent because so much of this movie is trying to figure out what's happening and who's who, um, and you know what the ultimate reveal is going to be. So yeah, just excellent stuff. It remind I was listening to a decoder episode of talking about this Neilai Patel's uh, Verge Media podcast where he talks to tech CEOs and other inf- like uh, CEOs of Ford and car companies and and and, and breaks down try, tries to add this other layer besides the the hype cycle and like who who they are as people and what their goals are and ask tough questions all this other stuff great podcast. But he's talking to the CEO of Airbnb, and he said something that I've been thinking about a lot lately for the past couple of years, especially with the pandemic and us being like we locked down, didn't connect with each other. And I remember having this feeling, and, and he, he said it in so many words that I've been thinking of, and the fear of a just digital interface of how you would live with other people. And that line, there's um, nothing better than being together, I think plays really well into something he brought up, which is he was asked about the metaverse, which is something obviously Midnight Satire, Positive NDA music video uh, talks a <laughs> lot about uh, wh- what horrific thing that could be with how we perceive each other. And and he talked a lot about how we like have no hope of communicating unless you're actually with people. And I think that's a lot of stuff I've been thinking about. And when Danny Villeneuve and, uh, the author of the play, uh, Wajid Mawad, thinks about what pushes us through. 
It's the fact that you can read and absorb all this information, data, think about things, have all this political and religious noise. But really, when you're with other people and you can empathize with them and see their life for what it was, you can connect on a much deeper level that you could otherwise. And you really can't understand somebody until you empathize. And you really can't make a great value judgment. You really can't move forward until you have that moment. And that, to me, is one of the most powerful things about, I don't want to say a solution that he's pointing to, but something that the filmmaker and playwright are definitely recognizing, which is when you know somebody, you can love somebody. Mm. To truly know somebody and know what they've been through, and you can feel that journey, you can actually love somebody, which is that the mother of a child that ends up raping her and giving her children, she sees that full cycle for what it is, of, I know why you're angry, because I couldn't keep you, but I promise if you knew my story, you'd know that there's nothing more than me wanting to have you and I'm so sorry this world ripped us apart and brought us back together in this horrific way. But at the end of the day, it also gave me the ability to love children that I could have. And I wouldn't change that for the world. And like, I understand, ultimately, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a very powerful message and one that I definitely connect with. And uh, I think it's very important. So thanks, Danny Villeneuve. And of course... Uh, can't be lost. Uh, Wajid Mawad, like he wrote the he wrote the story, obviously connected in a very powerful way. But as Danny, Danny Villeneuve proves over and over again, it's a collaboration. It's a lot of things coming together to to work really well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to top that. Let's let's wrap up this month. This has been an amazing journey, and like you said earlier, uh, more Denny is definitely on on my agenda personally because i have been sleeping on this man yeah and and, and wrapping up denny villa november which thanks brian for that phrase it's probably my favorite month name of of all time <laughs> i find myself as i've done more research in like watching him in interviews and stuff you just the man's a just, sweetheart you can't not love him he's just like, and he's super and he's always like appreciative of those who have worked with him and he, he's never gloating and and he talks about this a lot in a lot of the incendi uh ensemble, rather uh coverage which is you know i'm fi- i'm constantly fighting cynicism and i don't like cynicism you know and that i right. connect with as no i i gotta be hopeful i have kids i have to find some hope but i think it's this like post uh 90s 2000 cynicism of yeah i get it but <laughs> and i love the response it's a call and response to cynicism because so much it, it feels like denny villeneuve in constant is constantly aware of the shit and he does not stray away from it but there is this level of like but we can break through and yeah uh, god i need so much of that right now in my life <laughs> thank you for bringing it seriously i appreciate it as well it's it's been great and I think it's at the level where, uh, from from the offerings that we've seen, I am okay with a movie being half as good as this one, and I, I, it'll still be worth it if if it's if it's half as good. I'm I'm, I'm at that point. Okay. Wow. 
which I can't no, say- I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, like you said, it's like we watched this and it's like, oh yeah, this definitely, and it ended up being a contender at the Academy Awards, even though we've also agreed that who cares, but uh, yeah. to some degree. But yeah, this movie, it's, yeah, it's it's astonishing. Very impactful. Highly recommend it. If you've made it this far and still haven't seen it, it's definitely worth the uh, $13 that I paid on iTunes. Um, I'm glad to have it in my library. Oh, you bought I- it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it was streaming somewhere for free, and I didn't know, but... No, I it, it wasn't this time. I, I just rented it. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I'm very excited to... I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Sicario, if you revisit it. I have the Blu-ray for Sicario. You can borrow it. You know, next yeah, time I've never seen Sicario, so yeah, I definitely need to watch that one soon. It's I think it's one of his most accessible films. It's definitely the film that if it was like, oh, okay, you're not into hard sci-fi... And I want to share the the first steps into this director. I think yeah. it's I think it's his most shallow movie. I don't think I think it tries to be about the a, a bigger theme of the the drug ring, but it feels like it feels like a for them movie in a, in a okay. sense of you know, but but not. I mean, it's great. It's a great movie. Right. You say that, and it's like you've seen this movie six times. <laughs> I've seen. Oh yeah, and it was the first. It was actually the first uh, Villeneuve film I ever saw. And I remember okay. a friend of the show, Nick Hishma, going like, we have to see this because I think he had seen work from him and was like, this is a director to watch, acutely so. Yeah. And we, I had saw Sicario in theaters and I, I was immediately like, this person has vision. And uh, clearly, I mean, to your, you know, you're, you're bound to love him. One of his most influential filmmakers is Kubrick. So he's. Uh, oh, yeah. When he was given the, the Kubrick Club, I was like, oh, yes, can relate. It's that uh, it's that beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of truths in the way that he makes films of wanting more, like wanting to know more. It's that beautiful art of not filling in all the gaps, but th- but being intrigued to know more. And that's like the logic behind so much of even TikTok. To to judge back to it, like the best TikToks are ones that you're like, well, I can't stop now, right? And he does this in a much more <laughs> big, beautiful way with amazing set dressing but at the end of the day he understands what a lot of creators know which is that that instantly garnering your intrigue he's just doing it without saying shit <laughs> which is which is incredible and uh on a whole nother level but it follows uh very good basic rules of cinematography how, how do you feel wrapping up this month I'm, I'm again i'm rambling no it's i honestly feel like i have so much to dive into because it seems like um you you brought it up earlier but seeing him doing dune makes so much sense after watching this movie with all of the political and real life baggage based in uh the original writing of dune and this movie it it makes perfect sense that uh they would bring him on to to tell this sort of story but yeah i i really feel like um I don't know how to, how to say it, but I'm really interested in seeing more projects that he's written because I feel like he, um, I, I don't know how to say it, brings a level of, you brought up him being a documentarian. And I think the human stories, the, the grounded stories, I'm interested, I, I, I love sci-fi as much as anyone, but seeing these sorts of grounded stories allows a even deeper emotional connection sometimes to characters and makes them feel more grounded in a way that 
I'm excited to to go back into his catalog for that because he seems so in touch with the human side of things and obviously is excellent with the visual language element as well. So I apologize. That was that was uh, all over the place. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited to. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, of this director and I've only seen four of his movies. So <laughs> no, I, I, I like am ashamed that I didn't follow my instincts of, I love Sicario and I don't know why it's fine, but it shows just what the capabilities behind like an okay script, but it feels like the most okay script behind the best director, <laughs> you know, where mm, just that yeah. touch makes all, all the sense in the world. Um, and yeah, it's, it's so interesting cause he, he kind of talked about being interested in sci-fi stuff. And I believe he wrote a sci-fi original that he deemed too cynical to make and, yeah. you know, was, was always interested in that stuff. And it's, it's obvious why, because he's into big themes and representation of like visually what things mean. And I think that's just like, that's the magic touch of like big cinema files like us, which is, you know, use the medium for what it's worth. And I think. Uh, he excels at that, right? Yeah, for sure. Similar to Nolan, but I think I think emotionally more connected. He's like Nolan, but emotionally connected. Yeah, too. Nolan is just ice cold compared to Villeneuve in terms of emotional with the same vision, which is interesting. Well, similar, right? Similar, pure style and master of craft, definitely. Right, right, right. And Danny Villeneuve on on the thing we'll put, we'll put in the show notes. You know, he talks about Inception. And he like goes, I love that movie. It, it, it and it's funny how he connect because it was the thing I thought of when I saw it, which is, oh, that yes. that explains the nightmare of making a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how he connected on that level. Uh, we're, we and, and and that's what I, I love too. Like every time someone brought up a director, he would just go, oh yeah, no, I love I love his work and point out something. It's just a very gracious person, and uh, yeah, it de- definitely a reminder of like, you know, someone I I respect, but then hearing him talk about the craft, hearing him talk about how you respect other artists in a very nice way. It seems very, it seems like he's got a good wife. I'll, I'll say that much too. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like she puts a good head on her shoulders. So, uh, yeah, clearly no, has refreshing for sure. Clearly has good influence from women. And you know, to, to end the ensemble's thing is like probably one of my favorite things involving like a female protagonist that, uh, yeah, I can't recommend enough. Uh, and I can't recommend the director enough. Glad we had the chance to go over these reminded that I love the director. Always, always a good time. Visiting the art tours. Uh, so let's make the comments in the polls. If you follow us on Twitter, who fucking sucks more ass, Nolan or Villeneuve? I'm voting Nolan. <laughs> he sucks ass. Don't even think about him. Sucks to be Nolan. Let's start some fights. That's what Villeneuve would have wanted. Generate those clicks. <laughs> let's generate those clicks at any cost. <laughs> I don't care what it costs. Uh, no, drop us a line. We want to connect on a real level with our audience. Uh, you can follow us on all the social medias, link in the show notes. You can also follow us on YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces, you know, connect more and more human way with, uh, how we look. Uh, I am a three foot tall, uh, Mexican woman and that'll, that'll shock you because I don't, I don't sound like that. No, (laughs) Brian, where can people find more of your work on the internet? You can find me over on Twitter at true papaholic. Brian's French. He's uh, friends with Danny Villeneuve. They get uh, they get crepes from time to time. We we don't. But I don't I'd be know. Down to, definitely. I, I don't know why I said crepes in like a Scottish accent. Crepes. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Fat Brian. Bastard loves crepes. My name's and Brian. Buddy. I'm from France and I love crepes. <laughs> That's how they talk. 
Uh-huh. You can find my band at Midnight Satire if you want to hear uh, me trying to be uh, melodramatic. Uh, uh, you can find me at uh, Not So Serious Man. Look that up on uh, your favorite music streaming service. It's on all the major ones. Uh, play on the Coen Brothers film. As a lover of film, I am. Play on uh, A Serious Man. Yes. Yes, Brian. Tells the story of Job. Okay. That's... <laughs> I, I I don't know I don't know how to I don't know how to react to that. You you heard the song? It's good, right? Oh, it's great. Oh, it, it great. was. It yeah, it it. Every time I hear it, it gets stuck in my head for days. So, perf. If you want to get some stuck in your head, check that out. Yes, email us at popoxcast@gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Comments, questions, concerns, guest recommendations. We're always looking for diverse voices on the show. As a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, white millennial hipsters talking about stuff, we uh, we we welcome all, all walks of life on the film. Love to hear perspectives, so please recommend those and uh, follow us on all the social medias, all that stuff. Uh, Brian, do you have on the docket what we're talking about uh, next week? You know, we, I do. We dove so, deep into the Greek tragedy made modern of Denny Villeneuve's Incendies. What what critical, beautiful uh, artur directing we can comment upon? What do we have for the for the for the hungry intellectual masses next week? So, our next episode is going to be a double decker covering the Amazing Spider Man and the Amazing Spider Man Two. We're going back for Spider Man Month Round Two. And uh, we're going to wrap it up leading up to Spider-Man No Way Home later December. Uh, in terms of scheduling, I'm not sure if we're going to have a week off here. I can't remember off the top of my head our recording. So we may have a week off uh, in between when the next episode comes out. But yeah, it's going to be The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 combined. Next time, we'll say. Next time. God, I hope I hope we have a break. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're not going to be in. We're not going to be doing this. Enjoy turkey. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be the defender of Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to throw it down. Uh, there are things that I like about these movies. They're not good movies. But there are things that I like that are better than the new than the, than the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I will defend, that I appreciate from a filmmaking standpoint. So if you're interested in what that take is, you stay tuned. Because uh, I got some thoughts. There are, there are things I really, really like about the Amazing Spider-Man series. So excited to dive into that and more. On the next episode, whether it's next week or a week later, I don't know. Give us a break. We put out like a hundred of these this year. I'm tired. Punch.